0: When you're sick, every minute counts, so don't go anywhere. Go to dispatchhealth.com where high quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed, no crazy driving to an emergency room, no endless paperwork, no hospital waiting rooms. Visit dispatchhealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to dispatchhealth.com.
1: Hello, everybody. I'm Ed Robinson, and welcome to another exciting edition of The Robinson Show. On the program, I have baseball analyst, author, host, statistician, writer, and podcaster, Ryan Spader. He is the co-host of the nationally syndicated podcast called The Walk-Off. We're going to talk to him about his career, what goes into being a statistician, and so much more. That's all coming up after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robinson Show.
2: People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room, you don't go to a clinic, you get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're gonna do, but the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm gonna go to an emergency room, I feel sick, I'm gonna just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate, ultimately, You may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician.
3: Wash your hands with soap and water. Before you eat, after using the toilet, after touching anything many other people touch, like a seat on a public bus, scrub thoroughly for 20 seconds, If you cannot wash your hands, use a hand sanitizer. Taking these steps can prevent not only coronavirus, but also colds and flu and other viruses. For more information, visit the World Health Organization's website, www.who.int or the Centers for Disease Control's website, www.cdc.gov.
2: We can fight disease together by standing far apart. Help prevent the spread. Avoid large gatherings. Keep at least six feet of distance from others, especially people who are sick. Our sick and vulnerable populations depend on it. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Cover your cough and sneeze and avoid touching your face. Visit OUmedicine.com COVID to learn more. COVID-19, help prevent the spread. I know we are facing a very tough moment with the spread
4: of the coronavirus. It's tough, but we all have to help each other.
2: First, a big shout out to all the doctors, nurses, medical staff, and others who are working so hard to keep us safe during this time. Please pay attention to what the health experts are advising, from good healthy habits to social distancing. Also, if you're passing information to others, make sure it's correct. Visit the World Health Organization for the most up-to-date information on the coronavirus. Let's be there for each other. And let's work as one team.
1: Stay tuned. Ryan Spader is coming up after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Robinson Show.
0: When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com.
3: Wash your hands with soap and water. Before you eat, after using the toilet, after touching anything many other people touch, like a seat on a public bus. Scrub thoroughly for 20 seconds. If you cannot wash your hands, use a hand sanitizer. Taking these steps can prevent not only coronavirus, but also colds and flu and other viruses. For more information, visit the World Health Organization's website, www.who.int, or the Centers for Disease Control's website, www.cdc.gov.
2: Are you feeling under the weather? Green around the gills? Not 100%? sick as a dog, then be a no-show and stay out of the loop. Don't crunch the numbers and work inside the box. In other words, if you're sick, stay home from work. Stay.
4: What's up, everybody? Uh, I know this time is pretty hectic and crazy and there's a lot of uncertainty you know, out there, but... Uh, just want to take the time to encourage everybody to practice social distancing to the best of their abilities. I know, um, you know, people are in a lot of different situations and a lot of demands, you know, from person to person. But as best we can, practice social distancing so we can get rid of the spread of this virus as soon as possible. Flatten the curve. Make sure you stay six feet away from people. Wash your hands when you're going inside outside as much as you can. Water and soap. And uh, we can all come together collectively to stop the spread of this virus. So everybody do their part. I'm doing mine at home. Me and my family really enjoying family time. Um, but as best you can, social distance yourself, and uh, we can flatten the curve and get rid of this virus as soon as possible. Appreciate it. Stop the spread. Let's do it.
1: All right, welcome back, everybody. While we wait for uh, the guests to call into the program, we just want to keep everybody abreast on currently what's going on. Of course, we know about the COVID-19 pandemic that's currently in the midst of uh, not just in sports but in society in general. The NHL, uh, particularly the commissioner of the league, Gary Bettman, recently came out and said that they will conclude the regular season with with a postseason format with uh, a World Cup-type format where they're going to have two hub cities and it's going to involve 24 teams. So that should be interesting on how that's going to play out. They're going to start getting the plans in motion in June, and hopefully they're going to start having this uh, tournament in July to have a playoff and possibly crown a Stanley Cup champion. So while things are moving, trying to move forward in the NHL, meanwhile, in the NBA, there's still talks of – finishing the season at Walt Disney World at the Wide World of Sports Complex down in Orlando, Florida. So again, the NBA really since the the pandemic has happened, they've been coming up with trying to come up with all sorts of scenarios and all sorts of results to try to get the league back up and running. So they're aiming for July. Really, the NHL and the NBA are both aiming for July to turn, so we'll stay tuned on that. The NFL released their preseason schedules this week of teams such as the Saints and the Packers and the Cowboys all have their preseason schedules out, and we shall see what happens with that. Meanwhile, the NFL, they have had the most time to prepare for the pandemic. So I think think in, in any rate. September, and this is just my opinion. I think September and October, the NFL should be okay, but they're saying a possible second wave could happen. I don't know. We we should see um, we should uh, see what happens, and um, should stay tuned on that. And also, a lot of athletes have been very outspoken about what's happened in recent events with the the tragic murder of uh, George Floyd in the hands of of a police officer. The police officer has been arrested. But Twitter and social media have all gone into uh feeding frenzy over this um this this horrible ordeal right here and um athletes such as Joe Burrow, also LeBron James and Evander Kane, a hockey player that plays for the San Jose Sharks, they have come on Twitter and voice expressed their uh sorrow for the family of George Floyd so it's, it's so much unrest going on right now with the pandemic and of course with the events that have unfolded with George, with, uh, George Floyd so we're going to take a 30 second break and when we come back from break we're going to have Ryan Spader on the program stay tuned you're listening to The Robinson Show
0: This summer a mountain becomes a water park bigger slides Faster rides. Taller waves. An adventure you'll never forget. Get ready to reach the peak of excitement in the great Smoky Mountains. Soaky Mountain Water Park. Conquer the mountain. Season passes available online.
2: People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room, you don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're gonna do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm gonna go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm gonna just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician.
0: When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high-quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals, then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back to the program. So now we have our guest on to the program. We want to welcome to the program a gentleman who is a baseball analyst, author, host, statistician, writer, and he's also a podcaster. He is the co-host of the nationally syndicated podcast called The Walk-Off. We want to welcome to the program Ryan Spader. Hello, Ryan. How's everything? Mr. Robinson, I apologize for the mix-up. I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well considering the circumstances. And, again, uh, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us on the program. So uh, let's get right to it. You have a very interesting uh, career that, that you have been involved in, of course, You've done some writing. Well, you've done a lot of uh, writing work. You've covered the Buffalo Bills for the Buffalo News, and you've also contributed to NBC Sports as well as the Sporting News. And also something you do well in the world of sports that, into my opinion, is fascinating but doesn't get enough credit until recent, and that's being a statistician. How did you get into the world of
5: becoming a sports statistician? Well, for me – Um, It was, I think, my freshman or sophomore year of college where I realized I'm probably not going to be a Major League Baseball player. I got cut from Penn State's club team, and I was studying economics. I had a professor who I really liked, Daniel Goldstein, who um, was my professor for statistics and uh, advanced econometrics classes, and uh, he would always use baseball players in his probability problems. One time he used Ryan Howard, who I'm a silly guy. I was all about it. I loved it. And um, it it just hit me. I was like, this is how I can be involved with baseball statistics. I'm good at this stuff. I can can do this. And uh, it took a little while before I realized exactly how I would do it. Um, About three years, in fact. But eventually I figured out that I could come up with these um, statistics that uh, you're not going to find on the back of a baseball card. And to my surprise – a lot of people seem to enjoy it, so uh, it kind of blossomed from, for me from there.
1: All right, let's stay with what you do and just in what goes into being a sports statistician. You, you mentioned that you were uh, cut from the club team during your time in college at Penn State University, and your educational background, you earned a degree, as you mentioned, in economics, and you also had a focus in statistics as well as advanced e- econometrics. Am I pr- pronouncing that correctly?
5: Yeah, that's right.
1: Econometrics, and you have a module in healthcare economics. Now, we know about statistics concerned. There's um, – with pitchers, there's a earned run average. There's also batting average, on-base percentage, and things of that nature. If someone wanted to be a sports statistician, if someone wanted to get into it, do they have to have uh, strong math skills? Or what, what goes into being
5: a statistician? You know, As much as I want to say that they do, because that's one of the only things that I'm good at is numbers and and mathematics, Um, it's not even necessary anymore. You you can get the computer to do the thinking for you a lot of times. Um, It's unfortunate, but I think uh, it really just comes down to a desire at this point. A desire – and, of course, you actually have to like the numbers. You have to like trying to find new ways to evaluate and evaluate by the numbers. But then I would also caution those – who uh, want to get involved with baseball by the numbers don't depend just on the numbers because the eye test still means something. It, I, I can't stand the you know complete old school guys who are like, Oh, you know, the eye test, that's all that matters. Well, it's not all that matters because statistics analyst a- analytics, saber metrics definitely play a part, but you still have to watch the guy. You still have to play the game that will always matter.
1: Okay so let's uh, say for let's let's say for instance um again you're a numbers guy so and I know I'm I'm pretty good was pretty good in math so I want to ask you do you if for instance if there's um let's say um Aaron Judge from the New York Yankees his batting average if if you're presenting to maybe a sports network and if Aaron Judge has hypothetically say he has a batting average of 320 do you take be given to you through an internet source or do you sometimes do um as you go uh, as you would say old school and do a little pen and paper just to kind of make sure that it's uh correct and it's precise
5: so for me i use a combination i use a number of sources uh most of them grab data from retro receipt, which is really valuable part of me um uh i also use Baseball reference and their play index, which is fantastic. Fan graphs, another good one. Baseball savant, fantastic. But basically what I do is sc- scrape the websites and create my own databases because, unfortunately, none of that stuff updated in real time. And then I create things that I can get this information in real time where uh, Aaron Judge, for example, might be batting 320. Let's say he hits a home run And his first at-bat. Well, I immediately want to know. what's his numbers now across the board? That way I can um, share them with my following. And uh, that's what I've been able to do is kind of combine everything. I don't necessarily use pen and paper anymore. Um, To be honest with you, I never did. Like I said, math is one of the few things I'm good at, and I always kind of was able to do it in my head. But um, I I like using um, a, a lot of different tools. And fortunately for me, there's so many different resources out there that um, honestly, they don't get enough credit, uh, especially Baseball Reference, fantastic website.
1: For all of my uh, mathematical geniuses out there, there's average, well, to figure out an average, there's mode, uh, range, median, and the mean. Do you figure that out from time to time, or do you just basically just figure out the average and then you just rely on other sources?
5: No, I, I play with just about everything. I, I, I think honestly I, I said it wasn't until I realized I was gonna make the that I um decided to get involved by the numbers, but I, I I was trying to create statistics for baseball players uh since I was in like the sixth grade or so. And um so I've played with just about anything that you can imagine in terms of the numbers, uh, beyond what you're gonna find at the back of a baseball card.
1: I want to stay with statisticians for a moment. One sports statistician that comes to my mind is a gentleman by the name of Marty Aronoff. Have you ever, have have you had an opportunity to meet him?
5: No, I have not. Okay, well, fair but enough. I, I mean Marty Ar- I'm sorry, go ahead. I I I know I know who you're talking about, of course, but no, I have not been fortunate. Um uh like I like I talked to you offline about I I was actually in the um military for five years just got out recently so that really stifled my ability to do things that I would have liked to do and a lot of my interactions have been just like you and I are having right now
1: okay all right fair enough so uh, let's just stay with us statistics for a moment you you wrote a book um, let me see if I get the title. You, you co- actually, you co art with the first and second editions of a book titled Incredible Baseball Stats, the Coolest, Strangest Stats and Facts in Baseball History. Just tell our audience just a little bit about what what's uh, fascinating and the cool stuff that's uh, featured in this book.
5: So to me, I'm going to be completely honest with you off the bat. This is not what I find most fascinating, but it's what baseball fans do. These are the things that, again, you're not going to find on the back of the baseball card. However, it's not going to help any teams really necessarily win ball games or anything. It's not predictive analysis, the stuff that I like to do, but it's a lot of fun. It's something that is for, as far as I'm concerned, baseball fans from eight and up, uh, maybe even younger, if um, they're pretty uh, well-versed in, in reading, unlike I was when I was that age. But um, if, uh, if you're curious uh, – Who's your favorite team? I'll, I'll, I'll pull an example for you. I got one of the books right in front. of
1: Okay, well, my favorite team is the New York Mets.
5: Oh, New York Mets. So we got page 172. I'll give you one example from uh, our Mets chapter here. Um, okay. So Michael Conforto the only player in baseball history with an RBI in the Little League World Series, College World Series, and Major League Baseball World Series. So that's kind of fun stuff you're going to find in there.
1: Yeah, that is fun. I didn't I didn't know that about Conforto. I would expect it. maybe somebody – when you brought up that statistic, I was thinking maybe somebody like – I don't know Aaron Judge or a Giancarlo Stanton or even somebody like maybe a Dustin Pedroia or even um, Cody Bellinger from the Dodgers, but Michael Conforto. Wow, that's a tidbit right there. You, it's something interesting, like you said, something you wouldn't find on the back of a baseball card. That's that's pretty neat right there. Uh, how long did you and uh, your partner that uh, helped you write this uh, this book? Right, let me get his name. Uh, Kevin Reevy. How long did you guys? Uh, take
5: to write this this book? So the first one, um, I didn't sign Kevin on until, let me think, uh, probably about two years before you published. Um, I I, I'm, I'm, I don't consider myself a gifted writer. Kevin, however, is fantastic. And uh, without Kevin, this book, there's no way it would have gotten done. Um, I, I'm good by the numbers. He helped piece it all together. The research that went into it, I would say was about five years and then um piecing it together was about eighteen months. And our first one was released in May or excuse me, April of twenty sixteen. And the um second one uh just about a year ago now. Wow, that's awesome right there, man I would have again, I would
1: have never imagined michael Michael Conforto man that's wow <laughs> that's interesting right there well good good stuff from you, and of course, we gotta uh, give props to Kevin as well as you mentioned for his great writing skills. I want to get back to the statistics for for a moment. I've always wanted to figure this out, and you can explain to the audience out there how do you calculate a batting
5: average yeah, batting average. That dates back as long as baseball does. All, all you're looking at is a player's hits over his at bats. Now, his at bats aren't every single time that he's coming up to the plate because if a player walks, if you get hit by a pitch, if he hits a uh, sacrifice fly, those are not considered at bats. Those are just plate appearances. Now, you have to only have the things that are considered at bats when a guy comes up be it a hit, a strikeout, um, a ground out, a fly out, and so on and so forth. So there's certain things, certain times when a player steps to the plate that don't necessarily count against or for his batting average. Okay,
1: interesting tidbit. All this time I never figured out how a batting average was calculated and learned something new. What about an on-base percentage? How do you calculate on, an on-base percentage?
5: So now you're speaking a, a little more of my language because I, I happen to um, – think that that's a far more important statistic than um, than batting average because how so certain players are gifted Uh, certain players are gifted in the ability of to select pitches like um, Tony Gwynn was one of the batting average kings Wade Boggs not quite as good at batting average but a better on base guy because he had a better ability to pick his pitches and take walks now on base percentage is going to be hits, hit by pitch and um, uh, walks over. You're going to go with at bats, walks by pitch, and um, sacrifice flies. So it's basically taking into account all of the plate appearances, uh, with exception to a very limited few. Off the top of my head, I, I don't have it, but um, uh, it's okay. you're you're counting for everything that batting average is uh, ignoring. Let me backtrack. You said on-base
1: percentage, in your opinion, was a more important statistic than batting average. You mentioned Tony Gwynn and Wade Box had better on-base percentages. Now, we know uh, Tony Gwynn, rest in peace, one of the greatest hitters of all time. Wade Box, when he was playing, was a solid hitter in his own right. But what about a gentleman by the name of Ichiro? Ichiro had a great career batting average. What was his – was his batting average better, or was his on-base percentage better?
5: So Ichiro was one of those guys who was a little bit better with, um, with the batting average. He didn't quite uh, walk as much. But I'll tell you a, fa- a fascinating statistic about Ichiro that I enjoy, and this is something that you'll find in the book uh, if, if interested. And You're going to have to get with me off the show. I'll send you a copy. But um, Ichiro, in his 10th career at bat, now bear in mind, he had over 10,000. He singled in his 10th career at bat, raising his lifetime batting average to 300, the standard for excellence. At no point during his entire career did it fall below 300. Wow, that's, I learned something new
1: right there. That's, that's interesting right there. Again, you mentioned, again, Ichi were one of those great hitters of all time, man. I know it was uh, some serious, but, but not like that. So um, I'm just here looking at statistics right here, kind of like the list of. League baseball career batting average leaders. Um, let's let's talk with Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb is uh, currently number one. Was he bet? Did he have a better
5: batting average or did he have a better on base percentage? So just about every player in history had a better on base percentage because it's counting all those other things like the walks and the hits hit by pitch. Um, but you you look at a guy and you say, okay, he was more of a guy to hit for average than he was to take a walk. Ty Cobb was a little bit of both, um, and it's in the same vein. Uh, one of the most fascinating facts that I've found on Ty Cobb is that he could—well, of course, he would have to resurrect, but um, he could resurrect, to return to baseball, and go o for two thousand five hundred and twenty-three, and he would still have that mark of excellence at three hundred batting average. O for two thousand five hundred and twenty-three. Now that's about o for five seasons.
1: Man, that's that's amazing, right? That's that's a, you know, it's it's so interesting about numbers. It's like you could be not not so efficient in in one category, but you could be efficient in another category. That's that's it's interesting, right? There. Speaking of something that's interesting, Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson, Hall of Famer, so many career home runs that he hit he, that he has hit that he hit throughout his career, but he had so many strikeouts. Ryan, was, did Reggie Jackson
5: have a better on-base percentage than a batting average? Yeah, like again, like I said, most of these guys, uh, just about all players in history, had a better um, on-base percentage than strikeouts, or excuse me, than a batting average. You're going to find... Maybe one or two, and they probably only had ten or eleven career plate appearances. Reggie Jackson was a victim of the strikeout for a long time, but a large part of that is because he played for as long as he did. Uh, Reggie Jackson um, never struck out more than 171 times in a season, and that was when he was just 20, uh, 22 years old. Now a guy. Mike Trout strikes out, strikes out that much in a season, if not more. And, um, you know, we don't even bat an eyelash. The fact of the matter is Reggie Jackson played 2,820 career games, and he still had fewer career strikeouts than he had games played. Um, if you strike out once a game, you can still be very successful in today's game, like a guy like Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, uh, really any of them. Aaron Judge, who you bring up, strikes out more than once a game. Jackson... Um, Uh, probably up there is one of the greatest sluggers of all time, kind of gets a a little bit of a knock for me because of his slugging average is below 500. But um, the strikeouts, I I think he gets a bad rep because they they collected over a very, very long period of time. And he didn't even strike out once a game. So that's, that's not too bad. All right, fair enough. Well, again, I learned something interesting. I always
1: thought that, Batting average. I always looked at batting average as being significantly better than the on-base percentage. But then you said it was the other way around. In your opinion, and now you you explain the reasons why for on-base percentage, such as hit by hit, uh, hit by pitch, and walks, and and things of that nature. So that's good. Um, good explanation right there and I want to we're going to get more back into uh, what you do as whether other things that you're working on but I want to talk about uh, COVID-19 for a moment It, it has had an impact on not just sports but in society as general recently Major League Baseball have been coming up has been coming up with ways to try to um somehow save the season, resume the league in some form or fashion. There, there's there was one player that has been very outspoken about it and that's pitcher for the Washington Nationals, Sean Doolittle. He has said that in order for a season or for him to come back, uh they have to wrap up testing and there must be things made in order to protect uh safety of the players. What have you heard in terms of major league baseball on what they're doing to any other things that you've heard in order to, to possibly save the season.
5: So I I think at the stage it's at now, it's no longer a matter of safety because they've gone as far as saying like, we're not even going to let you guys spit on the field. Go Go figure. Good luck enforcing that. But regardless, um, I, I think they've really got it down pat in terms of the safety the uh, the money is what's the issue now. So in a standard baseball season, there is no revenue sharing where the owners are very successful. They don't have any revenue sharing. Now, this season where fans won't take part, they kind of want to have the players hold some of that responsibility because it's going to be expensive for the owners to have baseball games without fans. Uh, now, I, I'm kind of at the school of thought that, like, well, if you want them to share in the debt when the game is um, uh, costly, probably be sharing in the profit, and they don't do that, so they should probably pay the players the the correct prorated amount. But that's kind of where we're at the standstill right now. Uh, and as far as the safety goes, that's not what's going to take. Uh, that's not what it's going to take to um, get us a baseball season or cost us a baseball season. It it, it unfortunately has come down to the money at this point. You bring up an interesting fact. And again, this is
1: something that I'm learning revenue sharing. Can you explain that one more time to the audience about the revenue sharing where you said that, um, correct me if I'm wrong. You said owners don't share revenue in, in during the season. Is, is that, you just
5: got to kind of break down how, how that works again in uh, Major League Baseball? So there's revenue sharing between teams. However, there's not revenue sharing with the players. The players have a salary and that's what they're paid. Now, in this scenario, the owner's revenue will be stifled a great deal by the fact that fans won't be attending and they want the players to give up some of their salary to help with that burden. Um, so, I think a lot of the players are in the position where they are like, we'd consider doing that if you shared when we had really good years and you were making all this money, but you don't do that. So why should we have to share in the burden? And I kind of side with the players. Got it. It's so oh, man. It's, it's you know, it's it's
1: always one thing after another, and then that this with the pandemic is just you know still some still a lot of moving parts still a lot of missing pieces and definitely um things that we'll have to watch out for i want to stay with uh, covid-19 for a moment we're hearing well there've been stories such as possible hub cities like maybe florida well florida was the the only state that considered all businesses to be essential they deemed business businesses to be essential during the pandemic florida has had has hosted Uh, professional wrestling as well as uh, mixed martial arts and now florida was interested in getting into the uh possibly hosting major league baseball also there were talks of arizona being another hub state to have major league baseball during the pandemic what's the status right now in terms of possibly having hub states to uh, try to save
5: this major league baseball season so just like you, um, I, I'm not really in the know in terms of what the uh, behind-the-door negotiations go in terms of where the games are playing. But I know that Florida and Arizona were talking about because they were two of the states that um, primarily did not really shut down too much. And every single baseball team, because they play spring training in either Florida or Arizona, has a stadium down there. So it could, within reason, teams could end, uh, end up playing just in their spring training stadium because um, there's really no reason for them to play in these giant stadiums with 1,000 people because people won't be attending the games. And uh, it, it would stand to reason that they could potentially play just in their spring training stadium that typically only houses ten to 20,000. Um, I, I don't think that's what's going to end up happening, but that's the really the reason why uh, those were brought up. Okay, and while we're uh, staying
1: on the topic of the pandemic, what have you been doing to just kind of stay sane during this
5: difficult time in our society? So I'm working uh, actually on a third book, and it's unrelated to the first two. Um, It's going to be on every single ball player combined with, you know, my two jobs, military and baseball, and um, every single ball player who is also in the service. And uh, pays tribute to them, both as a ball player and as a uh, a veteran and um, I, my goal is to capture every single one There's been nineteen thousand nine hundred and sixty players in baseball history and um, uh, i to 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 this point, I don't know exactly how many of them were veterans, but I know a good portion of them and i'm I'm kind of going through working on that. Um, I'm working from home with my day job for the most part. That's fortunate enough that I have a job that I'm able to work from home, and um, I, I'm really empathetic towards those who do not because I, I've been in a position like that before, and uh, I've been in a position where I'm uh, not able to work at all, and it, it, it's an awful thing to go through. And um, other than that, I, I, I'm really – in terms of trying to stay, stay sane, I, I'm just trying to count my blessings and realize that I'm I'm really fortunate in this uh, situation and in these circumstances. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not one to, you know, complain about my problems when, when somebody's got it worse. Yeah, amen to that, man. And that's definitely
1: uh, – you have a good attitude on that, counting your blessings, man, where just – so much has happened right now, man, as you're doing a good thing and doing that. And, you know, speaking of, uh, counting your blessings, you definitely have been blessed to have worked for many outlets and currently you have another outlet that you're doing. You're the co-host of a nationally syndicated podcast called the walk-off.
5: Just tell our audience a little bit about what the walk-off podcast is all about. We're just about, uh, it's me and Holden Kushner, who's been in radio for 22, 23 years now. And, uh, we just uh, talk baseball and BS. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of guests. We just had Pat Boone on who played for the Mariners. Uh, he was a 14-year veteran Hall of Famer, Mike Schmidt. Uh, we have a couple of announcers on, a lot of ballplayers on. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's a good outlet. It's, it's meant to be loose. Um, I, the best way I would describe the show is it's a couple guys talking baseball like they would at a bar. And, and that's, that's how we try to present it.
1: Yeah, fair enough. That's always relatable, right there, just instead of just kind of getting not being too analytical with it. But it's just, you know, like you said, it's just two guys in the bar just talking about the, the game of baseball. So, currently, are are there any other current projects you're working on as a side to
5: your third book and the podcast? Um, I, I'm always building my website. I got a couple of guys writing for me on there. It's Uh But Nothing, nothing else really that I have uh, come out with publicly yet. But I, I always got some, some, um, what do they say, rabbits in the hat or something, you know. <laughs> always working <laughs> on something uh, behind closed doors. So uh, don't, don't be too surprised if, uh, if something comes out here in the uh, near future. All right, Ryan. Uh, before we uh, let you go and uh, let you
1: promote your social media and website. For all of the people that may not be familiar with what a mean, median, mode, and a range is, can you explain to our audience what, what those means and what those mathematical terms
5: mean, please? Yeah, of course. Uh, so mean, you're just talking like when we went to uh, batting average, right? And mean is just your straight-up average. You combine everything and divide it by the, um, the uh, total number. Right? Mode, uh, bring it back to grade school days. MO, most often. It's the number that appears most often in a series of numbers. Um, What were the other ones you wanted? Median and range. Uh, Range is the uh, difference between the highest and lowest values. Um, Typically, that's going to be more valuable when it comes to the advanced Statistics because you're able to see how far a guy deviates from the best or how far he deviates from the worst. Mean, what mean, median? Uh, which one did I miss? <laughs> and the, the last one is uh, median. Median is the one um, right in the middle. So you okay. could have. I'll just give you an example. So if we got 4, um, uh, one, two, four, five, and six, the median is going to be four because that appears uh, right in the middle.
3: Okay.
1: Okay, very good. Thank you for explaining that to our audience out there. And I got to ask you, who had a better on-base percentage, Ricky Henderson or King Griffey Jr.?
5: Oh, Ricky. Ricky, so uh, if you if you got two minutes, I'm going to tell you a quick story about when I met Ricky. Sure. Um, hey, he's one uh, of my favorites of all got all the time, time you want. Well, okay. Ricky, well, first of all, he's second all times in walks, only at Barry Bond. But... Um, Ricky Henderson, uh, I was fortunate enough to be invited to see Tim Raines get inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, Rock has become a friend of mine. Um, He thinks some of my work helped him get into the Hall of Fame. I don't know if I agree with that, but uh, I'll take it. And he invited me along to the Hall of Fame. It was like a uh, sort of like a wedding. You know, you had a place uh, place to sit and everything. And I was at the same table as Ricky Henderson. And when I sit down with Ricky Henderson – I'm I'm I don't I i do not i do not typically get, get too starstruck, but I I love this dude. Like he, he's a, one of the greatest ballplayers of all time. And first of all, I'm taken aback by the fact he's my size. I'm only five five eight five nine uh, on a good day, and I'm like this guy's one of the greatest ballplayers of all time. He's my size, and I introduce him uh, introduce myself to him, and we're talking a little bit, and he kind of asked me in a very nice way. saying like so what the heck are you doing here you know (laughs) and I explain to him the work that i do when i i try to um, dig up these numbers that you're not going to find on the back of a baseball card and um uh tell him that tim raines thinks that some of the numbers i dug up on him helped him get into the hall of fame and uh ricky as he's known to do speaks in the third person and he says to me well what you got on ricky and um so I, I I'm all excited. I pull up uh, my phone and I, I pull per, one of my best Ricky Henderson stats that you know nobody knows. And I hand him my phone and he looks at it and he does a double take, and he's shocked. I could see it in his face. And I'm all excited because Tim Raines on um, on our book wrote a little blurb for us and he said there's stats in here about my own career that I didn't even know. And I think Ricky Henderson's about to say the same thing to me. And then he gathers himself, he hands me the phone. And he says, "Ricky knows all Ricky stats." <laughs> <laughs>
1: wow, man! What a, what an interesting story that is, right that Obviously, to meet uh, one of your favorite players and Ricky Henderson, man, he was definitely talented there in his heyday. I tell you that. And speaking of, you mentioned about Tim Raines. You were invited. You were invited by him as a uh, thank you for him being inducted into the Hall of Fame. What's your involvement
5: with the Pro uh, Baseball Hall of
1: Fame?
3: Uh,
5: my involvement is mostly with the players I've, um, I was invited for Tim Ranges um, I was invited for Edgar Martinez I'll go for Larry Walker as well um, But I will say one of the coolest things that I have Is to my knowledge uh, I ha- I'm the only individual who has this honor um, I actually found a statistical error On one of the Hall of Fame plaques For Wade Boggs Who forwarded my first book Uh, It said that he had reached base safely in 80% of his career games. Uh, The true percentage is 85.2. Now you think 5.2, that's not that big of a deal. Wade Boggs played 2,439 career games. Over that span, that is 129 games, that 5.2%. That's an entire season. I sent that to Wade, and he was a little ticked off. He was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So (laughs) I sent it to the Hall of Fame, and sure enough, they made the update. They updated his plaque because i um I corrected the the error. Wow, just when you
1: think't just when you think they're not paying attention, they really are, especially at oh yeah they they, they know what it's all about, so uh, uh good looking out on good paying attention on that one right there. So before we let you go, Ryan, let the audience know where can they find you on social media, and if you have a website, let them know that as well.
5: Oh, it's it's pretty simple because my Twitter is the Ace of Spader, and Spader is S P A E D E R, and then my website is theaceofspader.com, and I'm uh, um, uh, I'm not difficult to find. <laughs> you know, you you want to find me, you'll find me. I really appreciate um, you having me on and let me talk some baseball with you. Oh, absolutely, and uh, thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to be on the program. So you heard it from
1: him. He's Ryan Spader baseball analyst author also host statistician writer and podcaster doing a lot of great things he's the co-host of the nationally syndicated podcast the walk-off and also he's co-authored the incredible baseball stats the coolest strangest stats in facts in baseball history ryan thank you so much for your expertise and thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us on the program if you
5: ever you want to come back on feel free to let us know no, sir. Thank you, and I really hope you'll have me back. You let me know, and uh, I'll, I'll get on the horn. All right. right, Will
1: do. Short thing. Thank you again, and thank you uh, so much for joining us right here on The Robinson Show. I'm your host, Ed Robinson, and remember, put God first in everything you do, and you can't go wrong. Until next time, stick to the script. I'm out, and remember, stay safe, stay inside, and stay home. We're out. Peace.
2: People who are sick should stay home. You don't go to an emergency room. You don't go to a clinic. You get on the phone and you ask for advice and instructions from your physician. Then you use those instructions to determine what you're going to do. But the first reflex should not be, I feel sick, I'm going to go to an emergency room. I feel sick, I'm going to just go to a doctor's office. We need to physically separate. Ultimately, you may need, obviously, to see a physician or to go to a hospital. The first reflex should be to make a call to your physician.
0: Summertime's right around the corner, and when you're back on the roads, guess what else is back? Traffic. So you'll want to breeze through the express lane with a peach pass from Associated Credit Union. Finance a new auto loan or refinance an existing auto loan from another lender through ACU, and you'll get a peach pass preloaded with $120. You'll also enjoy no payments for the first 90 days. Learn more online at acuonline.org slash peach pass. Associated Credit Union, helping you live, bank, and grow for over 90 years. When you're sick, every minute counts. So don't go anywhere. Go to DispatchHealth.com where high quality medical care comes directly to you. No getting out of a sick bed. No crazy driving to an emergency room. No endless paperwork. No hospital waiting rooms. Visit DispatchHealth.com to learn about our medical professionals then make house calls. Dispatch Health is covered by Medicare and most major insurance. Go to DispatchHealth.com